Blog Talk Radio.
again, our patriarchal attitudes about life, uh, bringing home the bacon and taking care of our own. Uh, that kind of energy is very strong. But Jupiter is there as a reminder that we need compassion and we need um, a sense of care, real care, real concern for each other. So there's a kind of a pull. Jupiter is quite large, obviously, so its presence is quite is quite strong and it is in this place right now because it's in opposition to the sun we have what you would call a full jupiter if you were to look at jupiter through a telescope um this week you would see the full disc you wouldn't see you know like a half jupiter or a crescent jupiter um you would see a completely full jupiter complete with the red spot and the planets uh, fascinating and good opportunity to look at Jupiter, but it does it does give us uh, if if we are you know planet watchers, it does give us uh, an opportunity to kind of be in awe of of Jupiter and its presence because its opposition for the sun means that it travels through the sky all night. Uh, this morning I was up quite early. If you do stand in your yard or on your balcony facing south, and you look out to the west you'll see Jupiter setting in the morning. Uh, it's huge, uh, quite a bit, almost exactly like Venus. And um, if you look up right at the midheaven, there's a, a reddish-colored star planet. That's Mars. And <clears throat> to, the, um, to the left of it is a yellowish-orange, but clearly more yellow-orange, uh, uh, and that's Saturn. So Saturn in Scorpio is up near the midheaven when the sun is coming up, and um, Mars in Libra, it's only one sign away, is right there also. So it's just some sky watching, very interesting to take note of the planets. <clears throat> the rest of the chart is somewhat in, in harmony with itself. Um, Uranus and Pluto are about as widely separated as they can get during this uh, time of their um, repeated squaring. And um, Neptune at three degrees Pisces is also not making any real waves right now. No pun intended. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. Tonight we're going to talk about um, the, uh, the the transits of the year, uh, what <clears throat> what energy is is up for us, and and what energy is you know going to be available for us. So I'm kind of going to run it through. I did, uh, you know, look at look at the uh, the book that has the placement of the planets. Uh, took some time there to go through it and really make an assessment of, you know, what what this pattern looks like. Um, we start, you know, off the year, like I just said about the Global Energy Minute, with a new moon. There was a new moon on January the first. So, Sun in Capricorn, Moon in Capricorn. Uh, Mercury and Pluto in Capricorn all conjunct and then Venus is also in Capricorn but it's not in that same cluster of those four very tightly the new moon and the sun uh, having a new moon in Capricorn that day strongly to me indicates that we're very much aligned this year with the patriarchy like there there's this there's an energy of um I guess nationalism and uh, and and uh, certain power structure that exists um, made me think of things that are in the news quite often, like you know North Korea 
or, um, well, the United States is obviously in the news, you know, quite often, or Iran, and um, but but even France and and Israel and um, and England for that matter, and I think we're going to see more countries coming across in their own sort of patriarchal and authoritative way, with their own you know definitive stamp on what it is that they want to see their their sort of global reputation and their global uh, purpose, what they feel is their purpose based on their reputation. The, the, the conflict there is that on the first, basically, Mars was in Libra squaring that uh, stellium in Capricorn and also loosely, a little bit loosely, but still there, um, of course, Uranus is in Aries squaring all of that. So the Mars in Libra, again, feels a little bit like a strain, and the stellium in Capricorn feels a little bit like the year is going to be about relationships and the strain that they have on them when one or another partner takes an authoritative or um, singular attitude towards the way it is that they want, you know, things to be projected. <clears throat> Again, look, North Korea comes to mind in the way that they got rid of some opposition or um, uh, things like Syria, <clears throat> where the relationship there is also very strained because of a specific authoritative. It just feels like there's a continuation of that, that this year has some strength put into the side of the Pluto side. Pluto side meaning the Pluto-Uranian square, Pluto and Capricorn, Uranus and Aries, <clears throat> that the year is starting off with some energy um, uh, allotted to the Capricorn side. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We also start off the year with a retrograde Venus, which I talked about in a previous show as a review of relationships and being in Capricorn. Uh, it feels a lot like the relationships are getting reviewed that we were just talking about, the relationships that we have established, like, are, you know, the sort of are you with us, are you not with us? And it, it feels like there's a certain setup in the energy for that. I did want to say that the year is beginning with a very strange set of retrogrades. Venus is retrograde in January, and that doesn't go direct until the end of January. And then Mercury goes retrograde right away in February the 6th, and, and it doesn't go direct until the last day of February, whereupon the next day, March the 1st, Mars goes retrograde, and it stays retrograde um, roughly until uh, May, and then it doesn't, you know, leave Libra until um, until the end of the summer. So <clears throat> there's, there's strange retrograde energy starting from January 1st all the way until the middle of May, whether it's um, Venus retrograde, Mercury retrograde, or Mars retrograde. One of those inner planets is going to be retrograde for the first five months of the year. It feels like we're stepping into a new year where where um you know we're we're reassessing so much of where it where it is and it it's good it's a good energy we need that you know we need to reassess what it is that we're doing and in what direction you know are we headed and and what are our relationships i mean the the retrograde mercury 
in February is going to be predominantly in Aquarius, which is, again, like a, a review of <coughs> friendships and associations. So between Capricorn and Libra and Venus retrograding in Capricorn and a retrograde Mercury in Aquarius and then a retrograde Mars in Libra, um, the relationships that we have with each other on a personal level as well, this is definitely also like, uh, you know, we can equate it to our personal lives a little bit. I know everyone would like for me to do that. Um, <clears throat> that um, we have specific reputation and a mission and responsibilities and things that we want to accomplish with our lives and in our world. And which relationships are we going to be bringing with us and which ones won't we be? As we're moving forward in this year, I think that the the retrograde Venus, Mercury, and Mars are going to take the first five months to kind of glean and cull from our own personal lives the relationships that are no longer working the way in which we thought they were. Um, <clears throat> that's happening on a global level between countries because <clears throat> we have relationships with countries as friends as well. So the um, the first five months up until the middle of May <clears throat> are going to be sort of packed with relationship review <clears throat> and the way in which those relationships both globally and personally are in conflict with, I think, a certain uh, forward social energy that we would like to project. It's not... Capricorn's not entirely, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, it's not entirely a, a nasty sign. I kind of like Capricorns. But, you know, in the tarot, it is ruled by the devil <laughs> as a key 15, which is fine. It's still one of the major arcana cards, so it has its its place. Um, but yet the energy of it is very material-oriented, and that's why it's... Um, uh, <clears throat> connected with with um, with the devil, you know, it's associated with Saturn, but our idea of the devil, you know, materialistic and um, and also constrictive. Saturn as constrictive and limiting, and that we find that if we don't say have enough money, then we feel very limited. So we want more money so that we can feel less limits. But it's sort of an illusion. And the conflict here at the beginning of the year is going to be this sort of this sort of um, <clears throat> shifted energy between the different people and the relationships that we know that are either reinforcing or in conflict with what it is that we would like to have for our lives, not just materialistic and monetarily because Capricorn can also have a reputation of being spiritual or being responsible. Um, so if you're feeling like you're moving into a year where you're trying to have more responsibility, more accountability, more intimacy, more charity, more nurturing, say that level of um, you know, Jupiter is really uh, making some kind of an impact on you, Jupiter and Cancer, um, then you might find that people who are not on that same path of social, that's a Capricorn word, you know, social, social uh, <clears throat> presence, 
that you might be wanting to have, those relationships, you may call them into question as to their usefulness. And with um, Saturn and Scorpio, we might find that some things uh, go by the wayside. But it's a huge chunk of the first five months of the beginning of this year. Right near the end um, uh, of January and early February, uh, the direct Venus is going to conjunct Pluto. And I think that um, we'll see a woman of, uh, emerge. There'll be a woman in strongly in the news right at the end of January, early February, transformational figure, um, somebody who's going to have that patriarchal uh, attitude. She's, she's going to be one of the boys. And uh, Venus uh, conjuncting Pluto, she will emerge as going to be some kind of uh, female figure coming uh, into the into the consciousness as a potential transformer as well, but still as uh, one of the patriarchal a representation of patriarchy won't necessarily be any different really than a man. Um, <clears throat> April 22nd to April 26th, we talked about the Cardinal Grand Cross. Uh, there's a change or a shift there, though, uh, because it's the time of the retrograde Mars in, in Libra. So retrograde Mars at that point is going to be activating the, uh, the Grand Cardinal Cross between Pluto, Uranus, and Jupiter. And um, this is going to create a shift. There's going to be something different that happens after, during this April 22 to April 26, and then moving forward after as Mars becomes stationary to go direct. So May has the stationary um, Mars direct around May the 19th, thank God. And um, also Neptune will be reaching further out in May to the seventh degree of Pisces. So personally, for those of us who are born in um, the later part of the of the month, in the beginning of the cardinal signs, so um, the uh, basically the end of May, uh, the end of um, November, um, and also Virgo. So the end of uh, August and Pisces, the end of February. That the it's the beginning of the sign, but the end of the month, right? Um, you're there, those people are going to be going through Neptunian changes. So you're going to see some shifts in uh, in um, what you might hope to achieve. There could be some uh, disappointments or disillusionments. At the same time, uh, whether it's a square or not, you could actually find that there are some things that become possibilities that you, you cherish. You want to be careful with you know, self-deception as we're moving into, um, into May. <clears throat> Globally, uh, it's less of, less of a prediction there about, about deception and things like that. Mars moving direct is finally, I think, going to reorient the relationships that we have globally. If, if in the first five months of the year certain relationships seem to be falling apart, whether they're between, you know, the United States and Iran or the United States and you know, someone else, or it doesn't only have to be about us because there are obviously, you know, relationships going on between other countries as well, and they're all a part of this energy. By May, there's going to be a reorientation of our fundamental relationships 
privately, personally, and also globally. In June, we get another retrograde Mercury. This time, it's um, Cancer going into Gemini. It doesn't go direct until July the 1st. And that retrograde Mercury in Cancer Gemini is um, going to be about uh, the the um, what it is that we've committed verbally. You know, it's going to be a review of our word. What have we said? What have we said we were going to do? What have we been reading, thinking? We're going to be reviewing all kinds of information that passes our way. We may even discover, um, you know, some new forms of communication that we like, new websites, new blogs, new books, um, as in July, as that Mercury goes direct, and it will still be in Gemini. July is finally bringing Jupiter into Leo, uh, which is kind of exciting, because I think that, um, you know, there's one thing I want to talk about that's happening a little bit uh, later in the year, where finally we're going to get something positive with Uranus. Jupiter and Leo is going to trine uh, Uranus and Aries, and, and that, that, that's going to bring a certain amount of leadership. People are going to um, rise up out of the masses that are going to be uh, people who are inspirational for those individual pushes, and not just the, you know, the Edward Snowdens, but some people who really have um, strong leadership, strong Leo qualities, and that they speak to the youth and they speak to the masses, kind of like leaders of movements. We may see we may see leaders of movements emerging starting in July. Um, there's a host of planets in Cancer in July. Um, and uh, one by one, they're going to be activating that square, um, you know, the Uranian-Pluto square. And they're also going to be, um, you know, uh, in opposition to Pluto. And, and so whether it's the sun or whether it's Mercury, there's going to be some bits of tension starting in July. In late August, uh, Mars finally is going to be going into Scorpio. It will be conjuncting Saturn in late August. I see that, interestingly, as the, the death of a sort of famous male figure, Mars and Saturn and Scorpio, we haven't really had a lot of action from Saturn and Scorpio in this last year and a half, you know, and so normally the change that Saturn brings in Scorpio is to really clear out something, you know, to really transform and eliminate uh, what's not serving us globally, and um, and I think that Someone may pass away in late August, a man I obviously know a lot of people, you know, pass away every year. We just lost Nelson Mandela. He was a, you know, a, a famous male figure, and he had a great impact on uh, on the world. And I was going to say, though, that the death of this famous male figure is going to have a great impact immediately, not on the world, but it's his death that's going to have the impact. So um, I'm not sure whether that's about assassination. That's like going out on a limb to say something like that. But it just feels like it's, um, you know, that the actual death has has the impact. It shifts the course because of um, this person's passing. Obviously, it doesn't need to be about assassination. People can die of natural causes and still have a great impact, right? Obviously, if it was... Uh, somebody even on our Supreme Court <laughs> that were to pass away, um, depending upon the figure, it would have a great impact on the direction of things to move. So we'll look 
for that um, and see if something like that happens. But that Mars Saturn is going to me to be a very beginning, a very a very you know little a little bit of Saturn energy in Scorpio, which we have had so little of really, because Saturn's just been so positively placed with Jupiter. Um, September and October are going to see Saturn squaring uh, uh, Jupiter squaring Saturn. But interestingly, it's like a race where Jupiter's trying to catch up with Saturn as Saturn is moving through the later part of Scorpio, and Jupiter will get all the way up to about 22 degrees um, Leo, and then it's going to go retrograde, and Saturn will continue on out into Sagittarius. So they never actually do um, become square. Um, they sort of do a little a little dance with each other, and I think there will be a little energy there, a little energy between the conflict of Saturn and Scorpio, and and um, and Jupiter and Leo, possibly a youthful leader, some kind of youthful leader who, you know, wants to go down some kind of negative path, square, Saturn, and Scorpio. And then, of course, it doesn't really happen. Saturn separates from Jupiter. Jupiter goes retrograde, and it all pulls back into uh, some kind of more positive alignment where Jupiter trines Uranus. And, again, it's looking like leaders at the end of the year, where we really begin this year with a strong patriarchal attitude, Jupiter trining Uranus says to me that 2015, the power will shift back over to the individuals and the masses. Um, So um, Saturn goes into Sagittarius, by the way, in December of 2014. In October, there's going to be one more retrograde of Mercury, which is going to be in Scorpio, and um, that's going to be from, uh, it goes back into Libra. It's uh, from October 3rd to October 24th. It's interesting, a little little additional review of relationships and the emotional content that we have with them, both for ourselves. It's very much a year of reviewing relationships and the way they're making an impact on us and whether we want to keep them or not. November. Mars is going to be in Capricorn, and it's going to conjunct Pluto, and I see it putting a lot of strength uh, into the Capricorn energy, into um, the, uh, you know, the status quo, into, you know, the establishment. And that's fine, because in December, we get, again, another final um, Uranian-Pluto square. We end the year with a Uranian-Pluto square, and Saturn going into Sagittarius, basically on its way to squaring Neptune. So Saturn, which for 2014, and by the way, in Scorpio, where I guess it could have been quite devastating if it had been badly aspected, for almost two years, Saturn in Scorpio has just been positively aspected almost all along the way. So we um, we sort of you know dodged one there, um, and hopefully it will stay that way even into the later part of this year. Um, the uh, the real positive note here is that what what no longer serves us needs to be you know taken away from us socially and also in our per, in our personal lives politically. If if the ways in which we've been you know living and working and and um, and you know trying to make our lives are no longer really helping us, serving us. 
uh, protecting the planet, protecting each other, taking care of people, educating and teaching, then those things are going to be, uh, you know, removed one way or another. So this year we have an opportunity in our own personal levels to align with the relationships that resonate with the people that we want to be. So um, with that, I will say that it's a it's a great year for us to embrace uh, the changes in those relationships that are going to um, help facilitate uh, exactly that, the person that we want to be. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. Happy, happy New Year. I will be here next uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific. Good night. <laughs>